Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well here this Monday. I don't know about you guys, but I think we have learned which tracks this next-gen car is going to struggle at, and unfortunately, it's going to be the tracks that we all love, the short tracks. Now, last week at Richmond, uh, it definitely wasn't a great race, um, in my personal opinion, compared to the other races of the 2022 season, and I was like, okay, well, Richmond's been struggling for the last couple of years, so kind of not too surprised on that one, but now Martinsville, Martinsville in the Cup Series race was not that exciting of a race. I think there was only one caution for somebody running into problems. The rest of the cautions were stages and one debris caution. And we never thought we would see a mystery debris caution and be so happy with it. But we were happy with this one because, oh my gosh, there's just nothing else to really say. I, I'm very shocked by this. I really thought it was going to provide some great racing for short tracks as it's been an exciting car for the uh, mile and a half tracks, the road courses. And I guess you can argue a little bit with pack racing. We're not 100% sure on that one, but that's in a whole field of its own. But we will cover that this episode. Unfortunately, just a heads up, the cup race is going to be the weakest race of the weekend. But we still have two other races to talk about. In fact, we have one that happened on Thursday night. This is the fifth race of the Camping World Truck Series. We're going to dive into the final results and some of the biggest takeaways from this race. It's time to look now at the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 200. Alrighty, so let's look at a few statistics before we dive into the main final results. We had a total of 39 trucks try to make it into this race. The three trucks that were not able to qualify was the number 9 of Blaine Perkins, the number 90 of Justin Carroll, and the number 35 of Jake Garcia. I do believe this was going to be a debut race for Justin Carroll and Jake Garcia, unfortunately, due to weather problems and a little bit of speed, they were not able to make it in. And then Blaine Perkins, he's been all over the place here for this truck series season, but for him to fail to qualify, that's a big bummer for that team. We had 11 cautions for 71 laps, so not 50% of the race, but a good chunk of the race was ran under caution and nine lead changes among six different drivers. Who was the winner of this race? Well, it is a Cup Series driver that moved on down to do a one-time race for this season. I am talking about the number seven of William Byron for Spire Motorsports getting the victory. This is the first victory for the team. They've only ran five races so far this year and in the Truck Series career, and now they are victorious, as well as William Byron, who gets his first win in more than five years. He's your winner of the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 200. Finishing second, we have the return of the number 13 of John. Johnny Sauter finishing third was the number 51 of Kyle Busch, followed by the number four of John Hunter Nemechek in the fourth position. In the fifth spot, we have the number 99 of Ben Rhodes. Finishing sixth was the number 18 of Chandler Smith. Finishing seventh was the number 88 of Matt Crafton. Finishing eighth, we have the number 23 of Grant Enfinger. Finishing ninth was the number 38 of Zane Smith. And round out the top 10, we have the number 16 of Tyler Ankrum. Some other drivers that we should mention here, finishing 11th was Ty Majeski in the 66. Then we had Stuart Friesen in the number 52, finishing 13th. Matt DiBenedetto in the number 25, finishing 5th. 
15th. Then we had Parker Kligerman in the 75, finishing 16th. Haley Deegan finally gets a top 20 finish. She finishes in the 19th position. And then moving down the roster, we have Lawless Allen, the top finishing rookie. And then down at the bottom, we have Jack Wood and Dean Thompson, unfortunately out due to accidents and electrical issues early in the race. Jack Wood was out by lap number 26. Dean Thompson out by lap number 13. And that's your final results here for the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 200. I think the best way to describe this race was it was mostly a pit strategy race because if you look at most of the top 10, the drivers who finished near the top did not score any stage points at all. The reason for that was they always went down pit road on a caution right before the stage ended. So in the final stage, they were able to go in front of drivers like John Hunter Niemicek, Ben Rhodes, and Zane Smith in the final stage, in which William Byron did, and it worked in his favor. That was why he was able to hold on to the lead and big shout out to him. I mean, he hasn't raced in the truck series for a very long time. Yeah, he did have one race last year, but I think it just ended early because of a blown engine or something. He didn't last out there for that long, but it's been about seven years or excuse me, six years since we've seen William Byron down here in the truck series with a competitive truck. And what does he do? He winds up in victory lane. So good performance by him and shout out to Spire Motorsports. This is a brand new program for them. This is their debut season and for them to pick up such high caliber drive drivers has been pretty cool to see. I thought they would have developmental drivers driving this truck, but we've had people like Austin Hill, Alex Bowman, William Byron. I guess this truck is mostly going to be set up for drivers in the Cup Series and Xfinity Series. They want to do a run down here in the Truck Series. They more can do so because they got a truck available here from Spire Motorsports. So very cool by that. Uh, another big shout out we got to give is to Thor Sports. They had all their trucks finish in the top 12, including the number 13 of Johnny Sauter, who's only running a part-time series schedule. He finished second in this race. Very good run for him. The only downer in this race for him was when he got caught up in an incident with Haley Deegan in the early stages. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but still a really good run for Johnny Sauter. He said the only reason why he didn't win the race was because he told his crew chief what he needed to change on the car or excuse me, the truck, and unfortunately that cost them near the end. It is what it is. Uh, it almost was bad for Thor Sports because Christian Eckes and Ben Rhodes were starting to go at it near the end of the race to the point where Ben Rhodes stuck on the inside and actually uh, hit the number 98 of Christian Eckes and it took out Stuart Friesen. Stuart Friesen was having a great run in this race. He finishes 13th, but still not the finish that he deserved. He should have been right there around the top five. So again, it looks like a little bit of tension between some of those drivers, especially Christian Eckes. I think uh, there's a lot of pressure on him to run really good in that number. 98 truck but I think he'll move on from this one I don't think it was anything too severe but big shout out to Thor Sports all five trucks in the top 12 that's a really really good run a team that absolutely struggled in this race however was Nice Motorsports another bad race for them and this one was just terrible luck I felt really bad for the team because we had Dean Thompson out by lap number 13 due to electrical issues. Then you had number 44, Chris Wright, who basically was involved in every single caution. He couldn't catch a break. That truck was destroyed. Lawless Allen, he had a top 20 finish. I guess that's all right. But um, he got into a confrontation after the race. And then Carson Hosefar finished his 17th when he should have been running up front. He had a third place finish in stage number two. So bummer for Nice Motorsports as a whole that... Martinsville was just not a good race for them. There's just no other way to put it. Now, I think the driver that most people are talking about this weekend, both on and off the track, was Haley Deegan. 
Haley Deegan needed a good finish in this race, and even though maybe a top 20 is not the best finish, it's definitely a step in the right direction because they've been struggling. Most of their finishes have been outside the top 30. That is brutal for a driver in their second year in the truck series. Just a sophomore slump. There's no other way to put it. But Haley Deegan is having some really, really tough situations going on outside the racetrack due to some stalkers. I I feel really bad for Haley Deegan. Uh, Just going to a race, um, I remember going to the LA Coliseum and there were some fans that were really cool um, to see Haley Deegan. Like You could tell that they were fans. This is not pointing out to a big group of them but you could kind of tell that she has her stalkers as well especially when they were doing the interviews there was just some people who were like just super like creepy about like hey Haley and unfortunately now she has an incident where someone's been catfished by someone using Haley Deegan's name and now this guy is going berserk living really close to the shop saying that she's gonna or excuse me not she he is gonna go and attack Haley Deegan's current boyfriend so there are some very very worrisome things going on there for that number one team Uh, as far as the driver goes at least she was able to get a good top 20 finish but ran to some issues in this race Johnny Sauter just threw her into the wall earlier in the race there's no other way to put it uh johnny sauter just i think just got sick and tired of racing side by side with her so just decided to run up the track which is not a cool move uh maybe he just got loose i don't know but it just proves to show that Haley deegan <laughs> does not get too much respect out there on the racetrack i can tell some drivers are kind of getting a little jealous just because of so much publicity that she gets, which I understand. I understand 100% about these drivers, but still, she's kind of in an unfair advantage. And then got into a confrontation with Lawless Allen. I mean, there wasn't no pushing or punching or anything, but you could just tell she was visibly upset. And they were just yelling back and forth at each other. And it's kind of cool to see that conflict down here in the truck series, especially with these drivers in the mid-tier area. We haven't seen that happen in quite a while, I feel like. So to see a little bit of fire under Haley Deegan, I think is always a good thing. Hopefully things go in the right direction for her next weekend when they go to the dirt race. Or does the truck series race in the dirt? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I I don't know why I question that. But yeah, hopefully Haley Deegan can get some good luck her way. Because right now, she is just suffering with a lot of stuff right now as both a driver and a person outside of the sport. And the last team we're going to talk about, a team that did not have any luck in this race. We're going to talk about Young Motorsports. Best finish, 27th by Jesse Little. And this team, oh man, just no luck at all. I mean, they had one truck out do electrical issues. That was Spencer Boyd. He literally stopped on the track twice. So he had no luck at all in this race. And then you had the number 20 of Dylan. He gets taken out in an accident at lap number 122. And the only one who was running good in this race was Jesse Little. And he spins out and goes a couple laps down. And he's not able to run in the top 20. Just bad, bad luck. It really felt like here at Martinsville, your your team did really good as a whole or really bad as a whole. There was no half and half really in this race. And uh, I think Young Motorsports, Nice Motorsports, and Thor Motorsports all make a good example of that and you can also throw Kyle Busch Motorsports in there because they finished third fourth and sixth good run finally for John Hunter Nemechek it's been a little bit of a rough start for him so for him to finish in the top five was really good but overall this race was all right I wouldn't say it was the most exciting truck race in the world I I think that definitely the truck races in the past especially the most recent one has had more excitement Uh, this one was more of a strategy based race and one that I think people can look back on and say yeah that was an all right short track race maybe not the most intense one but an all right one 
Now let's move on to the Xfinity Series race. This is the craziest one of the weekend, so strap yourself in. It is now time to look at the uh, call 811 before you dig 250 here at Martinsville. Alrighty, so before we dive into the final results, we got to look at a few statistics. 43 cars trying to make this race. Here were the five cars that missed it. The number 45 of Ryan Ellis, the number 77 of Ronnie Bassett Jr., the number 13 of Chad Fincham, the number 78 of Josh Williams. Again, missing another race. That's super tough. Made the transition. It just hasn't worked in his favor. And then finally, the number 52 of Harrison Rhodes. Those five drivers were not able to compete in the main event. Six Teen cautions for a hundred laps. This race was caution filled like crazy. We'll dive into that in just a moment. And we had 12 lead changes among seven different drivers. It was crazy at the end. No one could tell who was going to win the race. Well, how about a driver who just finally broke his winless streak? Finally, at Martinsville, the number 19 of Brandon Jones gets a victory here. His first one of the 2022 season and his first one in the last couple of years. He is your winner here for the Call 811 before you dig 250. Finishing second, we have the number 10 of Landon Castle. Finishing third was the number 16 of A.J. Allmendinger. Finishing fourth was the rookie, the number 21 of Austin Hill, followed by the number one of Sam Mayer. Finishing sixth was the number 98 of Riley Herbst. Finishing seventh was the number 18 of Ryan Trex. Finishing eighth was the number 54 of Ty Gibbs. Finishing ninth was the number 39 of Ryan Sieg. And rounding out the top 10, we have the number 51 of Jeremy Clements. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10 that we should mention. Finishing 11th, the number 88 of Dale Learnhard Jr. Fun race for him. Finishing 13th, we had the number 11 of Daniel Hemrick. Moving down, we got Josh Berry and Noah Gregson, the number 8 and number 9, finishing 19th and 20th. Fortunately, they got caught up in a late race incident. And then moving down the field, we got the number 7 of Justin Allgaier, finishing 29th. Sheldon Creed right behind him in the number 2, finishing 30th. And then rounding out the field in the final five positions, we got Brandon Brown, the 68, Natalie Decker, the 28, the number 44 of Howie DiSavino, the 3rd, the number 02 of Brett Moffitt. Those two drivers were out due to drive shaft issues. And then Brandon Poole does not complete a single lap in this race in the number 47 machine out due to clutch issues here at Martinsville. And that is your final results here for the eighth race of the Xfinity Series season. Now, where do we start? I mean, seriously, there was so much to happen into this race. Uh, thank goodness the Xfinity Series race was here because they definitely made the weekend. We got everything that we wanted to see in this race. Uh, you got to see rivalries. You even got to see a fight down pit road. We'll talk about that. We'll say the best thing for last. You got to see a lot of people lead this race. It was mostly dominated by the number 54 of Ty Gibbs. He had a really good run. Again, no surprise there. He's just dominant no matter which track you go to. Uh, but you also had people like Noah Gregson running up front. I mean, Brandon Jones finally able to get that win. Uh, Riley Herbst had a pretty good race. And then here's some interesting drivers who finished outside the top 25 that led laps. The number 99 of Stefan Parsons, the number 7 of Justin Allgaier, and the number 2 of Sheldon Creed. All these guys were able to lead laps in this race. I think definitely the biggest winner overall in this race was, first off, the fans. I, I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but man, we got our money's worse in this race. But how, how about RSS Racing for to start off with? Ryan Sieg finishes in the top 10 and Parker Retzloff once again 
finishing in the top 15 in that number 38 machine. Great runs by both these guys. It's so great to see the small team that only mostly ran just one car and another car part-time. Now they got three cars out there, and it seems like it's benefiting the team because Parker Retzloff, brand new driver, just killing it. And Ryan Sieg definitely having a lot of consistency this year. That's what that team needs if they want to finish in the top 12 to make it into the playoffs. They got to keep having finishes like that. And right now, Ryan Sieg is proving that he is going to be able to do that here in the 2022 season. So very good run for those guys. And definitely a shout out to uh, Colic Racing. Colic Racing had a really good performance. Look at Landon Castle finishing fourth and second in the stages and finishing second overall. Landon Castle slowly making the right steps to get his first ever victory in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He, he said himself, he's like a guy that can run in the top 15, but he doesn't know how to run in the top five or get the victory. He said that to his owner. That was his words. And he is proving that when he's put in good equipment, he can have some strong performances. I know that uh, Mechanical Manny always said it. He was like, man, what about Landon Castle? He's always done really good with uh, equipment that's not top tier. And now he's kind of proving it. So really good run for Landon Castle. And A.J. Allmendinger able to win the dash for cash, an extra 100000 in his pocket. That's always a good day, especially for any driver to be able to win an additional 100000 So congratulations to A.J. Allmendinger. Daniel Hemrick had a pretty good race. Unfortunately, he got caught up in an incident near the end. He was able to savage a 13th place finish, so good run for him. Uh, teams that kind of had a disappointing finish. Let's first start off with JR Motorsports. And the reason why I'm saying it's kind of a letdown for us is because the, all these guys, all these guys had an opportunity to win this race. And unfortunately, it just did not pan out for them. Sam Mayer, I think, had the best chance out of these guys, but... Oh man, just that final restart, it, we saw two of their cars get taken out. And honestly, if we go back to the last 100 laps, every single one of them ran into problems. Yeah, Justin Allgaier go high up on the racetrack, destroys his car, his night is done. Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets taken out in an incident. He's able to recover for an 11th place finish uh, due to a giant accident that he was able to avoid. And then there was a restart that caused a red flag that took out Noah Gregston and Josh Berry. And who was it? It was Sam Mayer that took them both out. So rough, rough day for JR Motorsports just for the simple fact that they had five cars that all had a shot to win this race or at the very least all finished in the top 10 and they weren't able to do so because they kind of were taking each other out. Um, <laughs> I mean, Sam Mayer takes out Josh Berry, Noah Gregson, Josh Berry takes out Dale Earnhardt Jr. It's like, holy cow, what is going on with that team? So I'm pretty sure the meeting going on right now is probably not an exciting one for JR Motorsports, but it is what it is. Hopefully they can regroup for the next race coming up. And also a letdown by R Motorsports. R Motorsports had two of their cars not able to finish this race. Jeb Burton in the 27 out by lap number 255. He was caught up in that big incident. And then Brett Moffitt out on lap number 13 to drive shaft issues. And the best finishing one was only Anthony Alfredo with a 14th place finish. Yeah, not really a good performance by them. They needed some better results and unfortunately they just didn't get it. None of their drivers are right now inside the playoff bubble. Close one being Anthony Alfredo, but he is being behind by 15 points and then these other guys they're behind a whole race so our motorsports need some good luck to happen in their hands and it unfortunately just hasn't happened for them uh, recently they've had some good finishes here or there but not worthy enough to make it into the playoffs and now let's talk about the biggest one i think he's the biggest down of this race the number 54 of ty gibbs we all know what we're about to talk about ty gibbs is a phenomenal driver 
I've said it in like so many episodes, but it seems like he is has a temper problem. There's no other way to put it. This race perfectly summed that up. I mean, Las Vegas, we kind of saw it like very early in the race, takes out Ryan Sieg, and then things are just getting really bad there. This one was a whole different level. So if you watch the race, you saw that him and Sam Mayer were making contact near the end of the race. It was going to be down between those guys. Those guys have been competing against each other for a very long time, especially down in the ARCA series, I do believe they said. If it wasn't the ARCA series, the K&N Pro series. These guys have been rivals for a long time, and I think it finally boiled over in this race because near the end Sam Mayer trying to win the Xfinity series dash for cash because it was him Ty Gibbs AJ Allmendinger and I think the other one was Riley Herps and so they were all right there Sam Mayer bumps him uh, out of the way trying to finish ahead of him he's able to do so but unfortunately Sam Mayer's not able to beat AJ Allmendinger and Ty Gibbs instead of finishing second he finishes eighth in this race so I'm pretty sure you you can expect Ty Gibbs to come out of his car and say, hey, what the hell was that all about? Have a talk with Sam Mayer and then maybe in an interview just say, uh, I'm not happy about that incident. I, I wish he would have raced me a little cleaner. It is what it is. But no, he does not do that. This is what Ty Gibbs does. He rams into the back of the number one car really hard, almost at full speed. After the race is done, he keeps hitting him repeatedly down pit road. So he's putting a lot of other people's safety in danger. Then gets out of the car with his helmet on and confronts Sam Mayer, like gets right in his face. Sam Mayer takes off his helmet and is getting ready to talk to him and he throws a punch. Sam Mayer is like, what the hell was that all about? And he keeps telling him, you can keep it clear. He keeps touching his head saying, take the helmet off, take the helmet off. And then starts pushing him because he's pissed now. He's like, you threw a punch, you kept your helmet on. And then Ty Gibbs kept punching him and punching him. If you, you got to watch a replay, if you have not seen it yet, it, it, it's probably one of the best fights we've seen in Xfinity series in quite a while. It, it was more exciting than the incident between Daniel Hemrick and Noah Gregston. Those shots completely miss, not Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs connected every single one of those shots. And the fans love the fighting, but they have an extreme dislike for Ty Gibbs. And I'm with the fans on this one, man. When you go up to a driver and you start throwing punches and you keep your helmet on, and then in the interview, blame him because you had to throw punches. He's like, what am I supposed to do? He came up on me. It's like, no, no, you, you came up to him and you threw a punch and then you try to run away from him and he confronts you again and then you throw more punches at him. Uh, just... Kind of, uh, you can tell that he has a short temper and a driver that immediately pops up into my mind, who was a young driver with a lot of talent, but had a hard time controlling his emotions was Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch immediately pops up into my mind. He had, he had so much talent and there were some times where he'd get himself in so much trouble, so much so that he got suspended a couple of races in the truck series and in the cup series. So Ty Gibbs, a great racer, but man, he, he's losing a lot of fans right now by his attitude, the way he presents himself, and the way he acts after incidents, because we all remember what happened at Richmond. He bulldozed John Hunter out of the way, which I'm not saying is a terrible move. I mean, he was going for the win, but when someone does the same thing to you and you throw that much of a fit, it's like, come on, that's a double standard. You gotta behave better than that. You are on top display right now, my friend. And if you can't handle that, then you shouldn't be racing in the Xfinity series. There's no other way for me to put it. So overall, this race, 
awesome race. Congrats to Brandon Jones. He's it's it, I kind of feel bad that he's getting overshadowed by the Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer incident. He he did a phenomenal job in this race and he's a great driver. I was very afraid for him if he didn't get a win this season, he was going to be gone, but to get this win, finally locks himself in the playoffs, runs for a chance to win the Xfinity Series championship. Wish the best for him and see how the rest of the season goes, but short track racing as Sam Mayer said in his interview. Alright guys, let's get into it. It's the main event race on Saturday night, the race number 8 of the 2022 season. It is now time to dive into the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400. We had 36 cars, all the charter cars, no open charter cars run in this race. Four cautions for 36 laps, and yeah, it's at Martinsville. I, I said that right, four cautions, and only five lead changes amongst four different drivers who was the winner in this race well believe it or not it's a repeat winner of the 2022 season the first one and it is the number 24 of william byron great run for him leads 212 laps swept the weekend as far as races that he attended he is your winner of the blue emu maximum pain relief 400 finishing second we have the number 22 of joey logano finishing third was the number three of austin Dillon. good run for him finishing fourth we have the number 12 of ryan blaney finishing fifth was the number one of ross chastain and the sixth spot we have the number 45 of kurt bush and the seventh spot was the number 18 of kyle bush finishing eighth was the number 10 of eric amarola and the ninth spot we have the number 14 of chase briscoe right at the top 10 we have the number nine of chase elliott who won both stage one and two finishing 11th was the top finishing rookie the number two of austin sendrick followed by the number 48 of alex bowman in the 12th spot Finishing 13th, we had the number 43 of Eric Jones. Finishing 14th was the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. I meant to say 13th for Eric Jones. My bad on that one. Finishing 15th was the number 17 of Chris Buescher. Finishing 16th was the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 17th was the number 6 of Brad Keselowski. Finishing 18th was the number 8 of Tyler Reddick. Finishing 19th, we had the number 5 of Kyle Larson. And rounding out the top 20 was the number 20 of Christopher Bell. Some eligible drivers finished outside the top 20 that we should mention. Finishing 22nd was the number 19 of Martin Truex Jr. Finishing 28th. Eighth, we have last week's winner, the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Rough finish for him. And then moving down the roster, we got Josh Balicki finishing 35th in the number 77 machine. He was the last car that was actively running at the end of the race. Only one car did not finish, and that was the number 78 of BJ LeCloud. Out by lap number 132 due to handling issues. And that is your final results here for the eighth race of the 2022 season. Man, oh man. I can't remember a time where a Martinsville race was kind of this lackluster. Like there was hardly anything that happened in this race. And that's a bummer. That's a real big bummer. And I'm trying to figure out what was the reason for it. I mean, the next gen cars have proved that they're great running cars and minus Richmond. Maybe they just don't know how to run on short tracks. I don't know. I really think it was because the rubber couldn't get laid down on the racetrack. It was crazy. I don't know if you guys noticed that. They talked about it a couple times. Rubber was not getting laid down on the racetrack. And unfortunately, we had rain right before it. It swept all the rubber from the previous races and it just never got packed down. And unfortunately, it cost us a really good race here. And this race was mostly a green flag ran event. I mean, I literally said four cautions for 34 laps hard or excuse me, 36 laps. That's not even uh, 10% of the race. Which is unbelievable to hear about Martinville. You usually see, on average, 11 cautions in this race. And we just did not get that. And two drivers dominated the race. It was Chase Elliott and William Byron. So if you're a Hendrick Motorsports fan like I am, you're you're excited about that finish in a way. But as a NASCAR fan as a whole, you're bummed out here 
from this Martinsville finish. Um, I'm not going to be all doom and gloom here. I really don't want to do that because there are some drivers who ran really good in this race, including the number three of Austin Dillon, a top three finish, and someone I did not think about at all having a great finish here. He definitely had one of the strongest long-running cars on the racetrack. So good job for RCR and finally Austin Dillon getting a really good finish. It seems like he's been in the shadow of Tyler Reddick for all the 2022 season. So he needed a good finish in his favor and he finally got it here at Martinsville. Congratulations to him. And also a really good run for the 2311 team. Unfortunately, Bubba Wallace was not able to get a solid finish in this race. He finished the 16th. But Kurt Busch was the top finishing Toyota. Great run for Kurt Busch. Again, another driver that I thought, eh, maybe he'll run around the 12th and 13th position. But no, they're near the end. Uh, things worked in his favor and he was able to finish 6th. So really good run for that team as well. Uh, drivers who did not impress me in this race. Brad Keselowski being one of them. Oh my gosh. I guess Brad Keselowski, it's either going to be um, restricted play races or bust for him at this point. He needs to get a win. He, he has that 100-point deduction, and they already did the appeal process. They didn't win it, so that 100-point deduction is going to stand. And he needs to make it into the top 30, which I think he can still. It's still very early in the season. But as far as making it into the top 16 in points, nah, that ain't happening. So he needs a win, and I don't think he's going to get it right now. Uh, you can't rely on Daytona and Talladega. Uh, to get your wins. You just can't. I, I Sure, people can get lucky, and Brad Keselowski is definitely one of the most dominant drivers when it comes to Talladega, but I feel like there's stronger drivers right now at those super speedways than that team. I, I think uh, Penske cars can get the wins before they do. And so, man, just a, just a race that I thought he was going to do good because he's really good at Martinsville, and he just couldn't do it. Finishes 17th in this race. Definitely a big letdown there and one that I feel bad if people put on their team. I put him on my team, and I paid the price for it. And Kyle Larson, oh, man, Kyle Larson is not like what he was back in 2021 uh, here at the beginning of the season. Now, of course, that's really early to say that. I mean, we're only eight races in, but... I feel like he was running a lot better than he was this year. Maybe he just needs a little bit more uh, time with this car. I mean, he's definitely a driver that's going to be near the front when it comes to mile and a half and two-mile racetracks, something we haven't seen too much yet here this season. So we'll give him time, but right now the line-out for the next couple of races still don't work in his favor. Maybe the dirt race. I, I think he can do really good in the dirt race, even though last year he didn't. But Talladega, nope, we're not going to see him up front. Uh, we just need another mile and a half track for him. And Martin Trex Jr. Actually, Martin Trex Jr. was having an all right run, but he was never a contender in this race at all. Never a contender uh, to win this race, which absolutely shocked me. Uh, the Toyotas are definitely struggling. I mean, yes, they got the win at Richmond, but Richmond, it's almost like they better win. I mean, for God's sakes, they're sponsoring the race. <laughs> uh, but Martin Trex Jr., the short track king, didn't even get a top 20. Absolutely shocking on that one. And it was due to a flat tire exiting out of pit road. I don't know how unlucky you can get up on that. But for him to only run around in the 12th, 11th position just proves that it wasn't a great race for him to begin with. Uh, a team doing the best, I would have to say, was definitely Stuart Haas Racing. Stuart Haas Racing had a really, really good run in this race with Eric Amarola and Cole Custer. Cole Custer, unfortunately, has that penalty with that tire falling off of the pit stall. I mean, it... It was clearly an uncontrolled tire. There's no other way to put it. I mean, he hit the tire accident out of pit road and it went taken off. And unfortunately for that team, 
they could never recover. Once they fell out of the top five and they had to start at the tail end of the field, he went a lap down and finished 21st in this race. Big bummer for him. But Eric Amarola had a very consistent run here in this race. Uh, finished eighth, was a top 10 car the whole entire time, scored 39 points. Great job by him. And Chase Briscoe able to get a top 10 there near the end. He finishes ninth. And Kevin Harvick, even though he finished 14th in this race, he still scored a lot of stage points. So he was able to score 29 points. Good run for Stuart Haas Racing. And I think Stuart Haas Racing can get the win. Uh, second win, excuse me, before Joe Gibbs Racing does. I really see that happening. So, man, who would have thought that one? A team who only got one win as an organization the year before could have more wins than Joe Gibbs Racing. Unbelievable. Teams that struggled in this race. One team that I feel really bad for because they looked like they were having a really good run at one point, but unfortunately, things that did not favor them near the end was Front Row Motorsports. Todd Gillen was having his greatest run of the 2022 season. Only car to get damaged on the racetrack, run into a wall. He was the only one. So, bummer, the curse of the 38 still continues. It wasn't just Pizza Pasta, Anthony Alfredo. It wasn't just Don Hunter Nemechek. Now we got Todd Gillen now struggling with the number 38 machine. But Michael McDowell, even though I feel like he was maybe a top 20 car at best, I still feel like he should have ran better. I mean, this is like a track that would be better suited for him, but it just wasn't able to pan out for him. So that's a bummer right there. And then Joe Gibbs Racing, only having one car finish in the top 10 here at Marnsville. Definitely a bummer there. And and it wasn't like their team was absolute trash. I mean, Christopher Bell was representing the team. Unfortunately, he gets some problems in this race. I think he had a speeding penalty is what happened during a green flag run. That's devastating. And so unfortunately for him, he finishes 20th. Just overall, what more can you say about this race? Not too much. Just a a bummer of a race. I mean, congrats to Rick Henrik. I mean, they let 10,000 laps now at Martinsville, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, They did the comparison to that. That's like driving from Miami, Florida, all the way into the middle of Alaska. Unbelievable on that. That's very cool for that team. But nothing else really happened in this race. And I think this is a two out of 10 for me because of what this track represents. Martinsville is a great track to go to. And unfortunately the next gen car did not deliver in this race. It is what it is. I mean, a 24 fans happy, but everyone else, it's kind of a bummer from the paperclip. That will conclude the final segment for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Fortunately, Martinsville was a bummer of a race. I'm just hoping that the Bristol Dirt Race is actually exciting. We can't have three bad short tracks in a row. I hope not, but we shall see. We will keep our fingers crossed. Uh, shout out to the top three from this weekend at Martinsville. Crazy Corrado, good job for you, my man. You were able to finish in the first position. You tied with Beer Guy 72. You guys had some incredible runs here, or excuse me, incredible points. Both of you scored 240 points. And then Daytona Johnny. The closest competitor to me for the overall points, he finishes third in this with 238 points. And spectacular job by you guys. Anytime you score plus 200 points, that's great. But anything above 230, that is a spectacular number. So Crazy Corrado, Beer Guy, you guys share the first position. And then you got Daytona, Johnny in third spot, only two points behind. Overall, uh, I still hold the lead. I don't know how at 1530. And then Daytona, Johnny's right behind me by just 22 points. And then you got Beer Guy, 72. He is about 
out. I do believe it looks like about 41 points behind, so it is still anyone's chance to win this uh, competition, and the winner will get a 124 die cast. I have t bought the die cast. I have bought it. I have taken it apart. I'm getting ready to strip the paint. Unfortunately, I was not able to do it this weekend. I'll do it when I get back, but... That diecast is slowly but surely going to become a custom-made diecast with the photo on the podcast, the little black 33 card that I'm riding around in. That will be the prize for whoever wins the fantasy roster. And if it's me, well... I guess I keep my own prize. Hopefully that's not the case. You guys have been doing great, so make sure to, if you still want to join in on our league to get a shout-out for the top three, you still can. It's at NASCAR Field Fillers. If you want to watch daily videos from me, you can do so on TikTok and YouTube at VanillaWafers44 or at VanillaWafers. And then Twitter, I've been on there here and there. Not nearly as much as usual. That's at TylerV33. So if you want to follow me on other social medias, just so I'm just not talking to a computer screen, I can actually interact with the fans, you can do so at those social medias. And like I said, Monday's episode after the Bristol Dirt Race will not happen. I will be away from all my recording equipment, unfortunately. So just be prepared for that. You will not see an episode next Monday. But above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.